Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Enlightened Mike podcast, episode 12. Maybe I have to recount as we were going to air an episode, and then my mic sucked, so we did not. Uh, speaking of which, I'm just going to check my uh, audio input here. Oh, yep. Okay, cool. Oh, and then, oh, we lost our photos. That's fine. That's fine, Jacob. Um, yeah, you just, you just do your thing. I'm back. Okay. Your video cut out. I'm here. I'm live. <laughs> we're back. <laughs> so yeah, episode 12 or something. Uh, we were going to air uh, another episode and we didn't because my microphone sucked. So um, yeah, welcome back to episode 12 or something. Um, yeah, there's so many podcasts out there, Jacob, that are just like, they have their stuff together and they, uh, you know exactly what episode, you know what episode it is. <laughs> they, have, they have show <laughs> they notes. They know what they're talking about. Yeah. No, that's that's not us. How are, how are you doing? Oh, it's, this is my co-host Jacob. Um, he, uh, how are you doing this week, Jacob? What have you been up to? I'm good. I uh, I've been enjoying a little bit of Fab, uh, not too much. Mostly just kind of brewing up decks, uh, figuring out where Fi goes, um, figuring out what to replace Belittle with, and stuff like that, and just you know watch the calling and hanging out what about yourself uh same same to the calling thing uh we had kind of a chill weekend at home uh did my family and i so we uh spent the sunday kind of just chilling out and like uh uh i was painting some minis and Mm. trying to watch coverage and um i watched a little bit on saturday but uh wife and i uh had just had our 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 anniversary weekend where we went to dinner and uh, got some brunch. So nice. Yeah. Where'd you go to dinner? Uh, we went to this place called Driftwood Room, which is kind of cool. It was like very, it was very dark and moody. Uh, it was in a <laughs> it was in a hotel downtown. I don't remember what hotel it was. Um, I'll have to look uh, it up. I don't. Yeah, I don't remember. But they specialize in Manhattan's. So they had. Oh, yeah, yeah definitely. definitely have to look them so their Manhattan's were good too. Like there was a Manhattan that I got that had. Um, it had like Woodford Reserve bourbon and then it had some, you know, Manhattan stuff. But then it also had a little bit of mm. Ruby Port as well. So it Ooh. was. Yeah. Which I was like, I don't know about that, but I like Port and I like Manhattan. So I'll try it. And yeah, it was really good. We also had like a, oh. a champagne cocktail that was quite good. Ooh, to add to cocktails this weekend, I had a I had a ridiculous cocktail. I went to this bar called the Midnight Society really close to my place um and they had uh do you remember when we were in san jose and we got those flips oh yeah which is like the cocktail yeah, yeah. Like they're like egg. cream cream sodas yeah kind of yeah i was like i was just like looking around i was like i kind of i would love to get a flip in portland and it wasn't necessarily a flip but it was a cocktail at a whole egg and it was like it was a rye whiskey mezcal a whole egg um like lemon juice <laughs> something else and then it was like all mixed up right in a glass and then it was served with a mickey's grenade you know the little mickey's uh malt liquors but oh they're the tiny. yeah 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 <laughs> yeah and then the lady was like so there's two ways to drink this you can either like drink a little bit of the cocktail and then drink a little bit of the beer and just do that as you go but she's like what i like to do is like drink a little bit of the cocktail and then just slowly pour the beer yeah, into yeah. it yeah, yeah, um, it was it was delicious. I'm sure it gave me a devastating hangover the next morning. Um, <laughs> of course, because I essentially drank a cocktail mixed with malt liquor. Yeah, um, and it was called Minnie's Ruin. So I think they know. <laughs> they know that 
Yeah. It's a tasty drink, but it's going to ruin your, your morning. Man, that's a <laughs> quick, quick aside. Well, before we dive into our, our main show, which we'll be talking about uh, SCG Indie and the results there and how wrong we were about the meta, etc. Um, but <laughs> you mentioned the cocktail dash or the cocktail bar that we went to in San Jose. It was called like Haberd Haberdasher or something or ha Haberdasher, Haberdashery. Yeah. Haberdasher. I think Haberdasher. So after we went there and like we had our, we had had like uh like a beer somewhere else and then we went and like got a cocktail and then I like we went back to the hall because some of our friends were still playing side events and stuff and uh, I ran into Hayden Dale and he was like he was such a nice guy and he was like he was nice enough to like stop and talk to me and he just talked to me about his decks and stuff. Uh, mm -hmm. very cool guy and i was like i don't want to take a picture i was like no no, no let's chat so it was like really cool <laughs> but like i was i was like kind of tipsy because that cocktail was really strong and we had already had a beer and i was like you gotta go have a get a flip <laughs> a little like speakeasy style like go there and uh i was like really insistent about it and he was like okay <laughs> which is like <laughs> like i wasn't sure if he was like actually enthused about going and having a drink or if he was like yeah okay buddy like calm down yeah, but uh, no, Haberdasher was was very good. Those flips, I such a cool bar. Very yeah, imprinted yeah. in my taste memory. Uh, yeah. Well, welcome everybody. Uh, just a quick quick <laughs> little ho housekeeping uh, uh, situation before we dive into the rest of our show. We're doing giveaway. We are nearing the 200 sub mark on YouTube, but who knows? Maybe we'll get to the 300 sub mark on Twitter uh first uh the giveaway will trigger at either or um you still get an entry if you did it on twitter or youtube or both or vice versa um so one entry for sub on youtube one entry for a retweet and comment on twitter slash follow i guess is part of that uh and if you were in the first 150 subs you get an extra sub or an extra entry uh just because we wanted to appreciate that you've been here the whole time uh, and that'll trigger at 200 subs, and we'll give away a box of Dynasty to one lucky winner. We'll take care of shipping and all that stuff, so don't worry about that. Uh, just our way of saying thank you for tuning in and watching our content. Um, nice. So yeah, uh, Jacob, you're not eligible. I'm sorry. Ah. And for uh, yeah, for the show today, we uh, you know maybe a little bit more unstructured than usual, I guess. You know what a big scam would be is if we started a Patreon and the first tier was you get the show notes every notes. week. You yeah. get access to the Ooh. show notes and then it's just a blank Google Doc with the date on it. <laughs> That'd be sick. Um, but uh, yeah, so we wanted to talk about SCG Indie. Uh, go and check out our last episode where uh, Jacob was not in it, but Archer and I uh, went over the meta after the bands and we said, what do we think we're going to see at SCG Indie? Um, and we were pretty wrong about some stuff we got some stuff right though uh for example we put leviah all the way in the leviah tier which was at the bottom uh she did not show up much so <laughs> there's that but we're going to talk meta breakdown we're going to talk uh top eight we're going to talk about how much of a crazy mofo mike hamilton is and how he needs to stop winning things because there's nothing for the rest of us uh and uh yeah so jacob yeah i when you were watching day one um what was your impression of uh, the meta? Because when they started, right, they were obviously doing all sorts of like they did like a Dorinthia versus Reinar match. And I don't think they had Kano on the camera at all, but I know they had like some Dash and some Fi and all right. these kinds of things. Um, the top eight, which no spoilers for now, but the top eight uh, ended up being a lot more narrow. Um, mm -hmm. But what was your, what was your, before we talk about the meta breakdown, what was your just kind of, uh, uh, 
feeling and initial reaction to the meta that you were seeing on camera? So the meta on camera definitely looked on day one, looked like a huge field of aggro. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that that was a response to the bands. I mean, even uh, we had talked about um, the, the meta kind of turning more aggro with the absence of hypothermia and um, winter's whale. We thought that it would really open up our opportunities for um, aggro to come in. And if you look at the day one numbers, you see that a lot of people looked at what, at the ban list and felt the way that we did that Briar was really going to be the top deck. Yeah. Um, Kind of the best uh, aggro, just the fastest. Um, A lot of people still on Fi. But it seemed like Briar was a top pick for a lot of people. And then when we were watching the games, um, you know, we saw some Fi, but I think we saw a consistent amount of Briars. I think yep. I watched a lot of Briars on stream. Um, and they were pretty, I wouldn't say diverse. Um, Briar's not really a deck that like opens itself to like a bunch of different builds, but we did see the beefy Briar on a stream, which was nice to see like a fatigue yeah. kind of, uh, and I'm not talking about the or that ended up uh, fatiguing the old him on stream, which was one of the greatest yeah, things. That to was, watch. that was pretty awesome. Um, what, so yeah, what do you, awesome, what do you mean awesome. when you say, say beefy briar? Like what, just so for those the, who don't know. Yeah. So it's this, uh, it's this briar deck that came out that doesn't run CMH mm. or the Cheerios. And it's based more on getting um, this, the value off of your three blocks, uh, making them four blocks and then all of your attacks in your deck come in at a breakpoint of seven. So essentially, you're trying to block with two cards at a value of eight, and then come in with an attack for a value of seven, getting 15 on every turn cycle yeah. if possible. It's really cool to watch. Um, it is a bit grindier. I know uh, we have uh, we had a very popular player, Dagan White, on that deck, uh, and it was. His answer to not being able to run fatigue old him, or him thinking he can't run fatigue old him, as as we'll see, um, still a very viable deck in the absence of Winter Well. Um, but fatigue, I don't know what to call it. I think value Briar is maybe the best uh, thing to call it. Value yeah. or beefy Briar. It's really about those big numbers. Yeah. It's about that consistent big turn instead of um, playing towards a spiky turn, which is what Briar's most mostly yeah. known for. It's pretty cool because it you know it's got. <laughs> That deck runs like, uh, and and if you want to see an example of it too, uh, go check out the Goliath Gauntlet as well. Um, that's a. It is exactly that yep, deck. Yep. <laughs> yep. I, as far as I know, that's kind of the most uh, uh, popularized version of it. Is yeah, like like you said, three for sevens, and then you know block block one or two cards, come with three for seven, block again. And you just kind of get more value, and it's like it's a cool idea because you're just maximizing your numbers and efficiency, right? Oh. And, you know, to, to circle back where it's like I was talking about that Briar that fatigues old him on stream, mm-hmm. that's the same player. Nathan Crawford yep. um, really showing he's one of, if not the best Briar player in the field right now. Um, <laughs> building the new Briar as well as having an excellent showing on stream, uh, playing expertly with his uh, rights of replenishment yep. to fatigue out an old him, which was honestly one of my favorite things i watched all weekend yeah Easily. no same same um and like i i had kind of the same you know i kind of the same sense as you did about the meta so like i like going into it you know we had thought it was going to be hella aggro right like we thought icelander was yes. going to be there but like a lot worse and we thought like ultim is like maybe but it's going to be like a weird aggro like we don't know how good fatigue's going to be and I mean, yeah, so I mean, just going in um, there. So Briar was the most represented deck, deck 
uh, in day one, right? So 79 copies of Briar, mm-hmm. and then far behind that, I mean, in, in the grand scheme of things, you know, 20 players, whatever, or almost <laughs> almost 30 players, but uh, Dromai was actually uh, the second most played uh, deck in day one. <laughs> And that deck should be good. It should be good. I don't know why it's not. The value in that deck is insane. It should be able to hold up against these uh, more fatiguey matchups well, and these longer games, these just, grindier games. Just you wait, Jacob, because you're going to be disappointed when we talk about conversion rates here. So, Phi <laughs> was just behind Briar at uh, 55 players. Uh, and then, um, uh, in order, uh, Dash, Bravo, and each just losing a few players each time. Dash, Bravo, Dorinthia. Uh, Going down about 10 players to 34. Lexi, Reinar, right after that, 30. 30 Oldhams, 26 Icelanders, 14 Vis, and then there's Katsukano, Bolton, Arachne, Azalea, and Levia. Uh, all sub 10. Um, <laughs> which makes sense. Uh, so looking at this meta, like I I was like, yes, okay, that makes sense. Briar, like, didn't lose anything unless you were on like the little minnow Briar. Um uh dromai i you know i'm kind of on the flip side of your coin where it's like i think that deck is very powerful but i think that it's too soft to aggro and we were going into an aggro field um yeah or so we thought um dash also makes sense she didn't lose anything she still has really powerful tools um and then going into, uh, you know, then with, with the rest, like Bravo is a reasonable choice. Dory is a reasonable choice. All these others are just like reasonable choices, right? Um, so like, as far as that meta goes, what, like, is that about, are those the numbers that you were thinking when, when you were going to look at these, the, this meta breakdown? Because they're not really mm. aligned with, I mean, they're, they're kind of aligned with what I thought. Like, like if I were yeah, if I were I to mean, put the tier list based just on numbers, which I didn't, <laughs> unfortunately, then I I almost nailed it right with Archer. So, what do you think? I mean, I feel like Briar being the most represented deck makes sense. Mm-hmm. That that one hundred percent makes sense to me. I think Dromai being separate second represented also makes sense to me, and I think. Uh, it boils down to if it makes sense to me, it made sense to a lot of players. You gotta <laughs> keep in mind, like hundreds of people entered this calling. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's an open invite event. Some people are reading this meta through social media. It's like I don't have the time yeah. to play every single matchup to to completely understand, you know, the nuances that the bands brought. I you know was going on gut feeling, and I think a lot of the player base did the same thing. Yeah. Right, a lot of them were like, "Okay, these bands being gone means Briar has a little bit of game. It means that one of the biggest pro- problems for Dromai should be alleviated." Um, and like, as far as like Dromai not converting, I feel like it's just a matter of her not being able to get through Swiss. Because um, you're right, if it's a very diverse aggro field and you're not really seeing those uh, controlly type decks until day two, and you don't break through Swiss, you're gonna have a very hard time. Yeah. Um, and I think Icelander was a little lower than I thought she would mm-hmm. be. I still think that, that that should have been a bit of a higher number. Olden was definitely lower than I thought it was going to be. Really? Um, yeah. I mean, so I th- I thought I thought Olden was gonna fall off a lot more, honestly. So like Oh really? Yeah, like I just think that even if he still has the tools to be like okay, um, I mm-hmm. thought Bravo was gonna be the better guardian. Just straight up. 
has he's just more disruptive, but he can kind of do the fatigue thing. Um, I think his numbers are too fair. Yeah, that can Oldham be. has better numbers. Yeah, Oldham has better numbers than, um, and I think it just boils down to that. I think Bravo is just playing a bit too fair in yeah, in a world sure. of uh, sure. of the fab that we're in. The disruption's good, but the disruption's only good if it hits, right? Yeah, and not just hits, right? It's like it's um, has to it, hit its it, break. Yeah, it's, it's the the floor, crush, yeah. right? Yeah, so yeah, exactly. that's a, that's a really good point, and a lot of people are packing like sink blows and like unmovables and stuff, so that just makes Bravo kind of innately worse. And like this makes sense to me, like when you look at this. But like, but let's go through the conversions first. So, yeah. ice. <laughs> so Icelander highest, and this is when I list these. It's by conversion rate. Um, uh, so Icelander conversions crazy. Yeah, Icelander. Fifty percent of the players made it to day two, which is insane for a conversion rate to day two. Azalea is the second highest at forty, but there were only four player or five players on her uh, to start with. So. That makes sense. And there was an Azalea player that was uh, 9-0 or 8 at one point. Holy shit. Yeah, uh, which you can catch on the uh, Mansent stream, uh, for those who are wondering. Oldham at 40% with 9 players. Uh, and then uh, Briar at 34%, Fi at 26%, and then Lexi, Dromai, Katsu, etc., etc. I won't list them all. Um, but, uh, I mean, just some, some notable ones kind of near the bottom. Uh, Reinar, 6.7%, right? So 30 down to 2. Bravo, from 42 players down to uh, to 1 player God. making day 2, which, like, oh, man, I've that's yes, it's savage, right? Uh, no Levias or Arachnes on day 2. 1 Kano out of 7 made day 2. 1 Bolton out of 7 made day 2. Um, Dash only had a 6 out of 46, uh, so that's a 13% conversion rate, which is pretty gnarly, right? Um, so... <laughs> Like this, the reason this makes sense to me. So, so Icelander gets nerfed, Oldham gets nerfed, and everybody says, Oh, well, Briar's. Oh, and Fi gets nerfed as well, right? Uh, and everybody says, Oh, well, Briar is obviously the best deck. And if Briar is the best deck, like what decks beat Briar? Oldham, and, or it, before the met, or before the bands, Oldham and Icelander. And then you mm -hmm. have to say, Okay, well, like, did the bans make them make the matchup so unfavorable that um did the bans make the matchup so unfavorable that she can now have a, a a favorable game into those players and she can avoid like getting fatigued and she can you know uh, uh she doesn't have to uh do any like crazy stuff to 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 win those games i don't think they did i think icelander is still really hard like hypothermia was like that that was good against Briar, but like it wasn't as good against Briar as it was against Fire Katu or something, right? Um mm -hmm. and, and Oldham still like he's still like or he can. Some of these lists were not. He he can still truck. He can still do do endless winter pummel and like CNC pummel, and he can still uh uh you know uh he's still come in for 10 dominate. He still blocks really, really well. So like I don't yeah. think anything got easier for Briar, which makes sense. Like that, it makes sense to me that we saw kind of a lower conversion rate for her. Um, as far as Icelander and Oldham go, though, like I wasn't necessarily expecting to be that high. What do you think? So I think that this day two conversion is pretty clear example of two things. One, all three of those top decks farm aggro. 
They oh, yeah. absolutely just wreck that matchup. And by that, I mean not not specifically just Briar, but you're talking your Dashes, your uh, Fies, your Dories. The top three decks there will just eat those decks. It doesn't even matter. Yeah. Um, then the second thing we're seeing is that most of the best players in this game, quite honestly, were playing Icelander and Ulten. Yep. Um, they stayed on those decks. They clearly saw the value and consistency in those decks and stayed on them. So when we look at the high conversion for those decks, we also need to keep in mind that uh, in, in an open invite tournament, again, uh, the best players picking the best decks will do way better. Yeah. Um, obviously, nobody who picked Azalea is, you know, probably weekly known as uh like one of the best players but those azaleas getting through is an example of the fact that azalea is very on the precipice i think she has a hard time once she gets past the aggro field to to close out into the old yeah, and yeah, yeah. Or it will easily just farm an aggro field so it's like those azaleas went seven matches of fives and briars and dashes they had a great yep. they had a great yep. day one um, and then the Briars that we see there, again, makes sense. I think it is the premier aggro deck. I, I would stand by that. It, you could get one or two turns of 21 damage, and that's just above what yep. any other deck can do that, that consistently. Um, but it's still, you know, it's the rune bait thing. It's still that kind of 50-50, especially if you're not a good yeah. player and you're you're really playing to those bigger turns and understanding the value of uh, the variability of uh, Briar. And I think... I mean, I might be mistaken. I didn't look at a lot of bridal lists, but I, I'm curious as to how many were running Sonata and how many are yeah. running things like Tome of the Arc Knight and lean into the more I would consider high rolly aspects mm-hmm. of Briar and who which ones went for the more consistent um, zero for three blocks um, or excuse me uh, the blue uh, three blocks yeah. and really just going for a more consistent game plan. Yeah, I, so I, I agree on that point. And like you had mentioned earlier, that what you were impressed with and I, the same for me what i was impressed with was seeing uh briars have a really good plan of fatigue so like Tarek patel who was the only top eight bravo or top eight briar player uh he was running evergreens uh, i think he was i don't know if he was running blues but he was at least running the reds and he probably the oh. blues um, but that says, uh, what is this? After- do you want to do you want to tell everyone what uh, the top eight was um, before we go ahead and dive into this, well, this list? Because I think it's I think it's significant to talk about yeah, <laughs> talk yeah, about yeah. the Briar list and what it was up against in the top eight. Yeah, yeah, sure. That's that's a good point. Sure, sure. So let's. So the the top eight was. Uh, ooh, let me pull it up. Actually, oh, it's hilarious. Um, yeah, no, it was. It was. It was uh, yeah. So so crazy. Yeah, so there were two. I think there were two. I think you were right. I think there were two Icelanders and five Oldhams and one Briar. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> the 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 point being that like ice was still the ice decks were still there, right? Like everybody was like, ah, oh, like oh, I've thought out the meta. Like winter is over. Uh, winter is here. Um, <laughs> it's uh, it's it's like uh, it's like in Game of Thrones. You go into the north and it's like, oh, is this winter? And then it actually turns into winter and you're just super cold. Anyway, uh, so yeah, the big, big time ice meta. Um, and there was one briar, just one briar. But uh, yeah, like we were alluding to earlier, uh, the briars that did well, uh, for example, Tarek Patel um, in his top eight deck list, 
He was running Red Evergreens, which is a three for seven that says when you play it from Arsenal, put it on the bottom of your deck when the combat chain closes, I believe. Uh, mm. And I think the blue, th- blue says the same thing, only it's a three for five. Uh, so he had a plan to just continue to have... <laughs> I hesitate to use the word gas because those cards aren't very good in a vacuum, but like he continued to have powerful attacks and so, so that he couldn't... He didn't have to... He didn't have to have any crazy cards like Remembrance or or anything like that. Um, and then there's also another kind of variation of this uh, where uh, the player ran Rites of Replenishment. And I believe uh, that the, the loop was you just have to have like a blue and... Um, uh, a, and, and, something, and, and something to fuse, exactly. So... Uh, when you play it and you fuse it, you can get an attack action card and put it on the bottom of your deck. Uh, so you just kind of loop these two uh, rights of replenishments uh, over and over. And so the oldem is always having to block six, um, and you don't like have to feel as bad about blocking with some cards because you can just get it back. Uh, and I think that's really smart. And then, like you said, Jacob, like we saw a Briar fatigue an oldem on stream, which is something I had never seen before. Um, and yeah, I mean, so, so, so knowing this top eight or approximately what this top eight was, uh, and then looking at all these meta conversions and stuff, uh, how far off was this from what we thought we were going to see? And does this all make sense to you? Or is this just like end times? So far (laughs) off. Like, I thought that we were seeing, I think to, to a certain extent, I think what we thought is what LSS wanted. They wanted a meta that they don't want to dwarf these, uh, no pun intended. They didn't want to dwarf these um, ice decks. Really wanted to give aggro a bit of a shot, and they thought taking away Belittle would help that so that they wouldn't just get blown out. And I, and I think that a world with, I don't know, now I'm not sure. Now I'm like, just bring Belittle back. You know, <laughs> like I feel like, I feel like there is something to look at in this game now where they should be looking at the ban list and things they can take off of it. Uh, I think the ice is really showing its oppressiveness and mm-hmm. it's I saw one person this morning suggest it seemed genius to me and I'm pretty sure it was Hamish from Push to Point, but I think he suggested unbanning Skeleta. Yeah. And I was like, oh shit, you unban Skeleta. We actually have a problem on our hands because now we do have a deck that can insta police yeah. the the ice decks. Like, oh cool, you want to play this value game? I'll play the value yeah. game, I'll block yeah. everything. I'll eat your arcane and I'll sit here on 30 rune chance and then I'll just ruin your day in two cards. Yeah. Um, it's still hard to do. It's still a matter of gameplay. And I think not, you know, I think that that might be the one of the most interesting things LSS could do here is starting to look at some of these cards that have been pushed aside because they were overrate and then kind of seeing what they have uh, as game into ice and i think one of the best answers is decks that can go for the long game with the ice decks and do something more important in the end game because right now both the ice decks want to push to the second cycle push the third cycle hope that you're not as good as them yeah that's the main thing like all of these ice decks are farming players that don't know how to set up a second cycle don't know how to set up a third cycle and then you just get there and it doesn't matter the decisions you're making you're making decisions with three blues and a single red and you're fine and you're fucked. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Like, I think that that's where the ice decks really prey. And that's what I'm saying. The better players pick the ice decks because they know, hey, if this game goes longer and we're making more decisions, you're going to mess up more decisions than I'm going to mess up and I'm going to win this game. Yep. 
And I think if we had a deck that has an end game like, oh, I just have to pitch stack these three cards, not even next to each other, just these three cards. And then when we get to that second cycle, Ice doesn't have as, as good of a game plan yeah. to what I'm trying to do. I mean, I think... <sighs> Known known Runeblade Stan Hamish makes a suggestion to make Runeblades better. Uh, yeah, so I think so. I personally liked the I liked the OTK Viserai. Uh, I mm -hmm. like I think that Viserai with Skeleta in Classic Constructed was probably fine. Um, but I mean, it's no way it it. <laughs> I, I think I think that the problem that I had with it was that it was like it didn't like it didn't have to choose whether to be good against control or to be good against aggro um, mm -hmm. like because aggro because if you're playing against aggro you could play the tempo plan and you didn't have to stack room chance and you could pretty easily sideboard for it um, and, and you you could still do things like you know Mavrin skies into shrill skull form and come in for seven plus threaten three room chance and a Rosetta or whatever and it's like like, like that's disgusting still. And like, I think that what Viserys suffers from now is the inconsistency that his deck has. Because um, he, he, if he has, like, if his draw lines up, it's just like, wow, this deck feels absurd. Why does nobody play it? But then you play it and you get a brick hand, right? And you're like, oh, well, this sucks. Um, and I think that Skeleta kind of just, I think it just, I think it just made the deck a little bit too consistent and the fact that it blocked for two or three over the course of the game is like pretty good so i i don't know if i agree with that but i do wish that there was another way to take this down without banning skeleta because i think it's it's really unique and i think that i would like to see something like that um as far as addressing the you know the the second cycle deck in the room um i don't know the answers i wish i was smarter um i think <laughs> And and this is something something that that Brendan Patrick says all the time on the Arsenal Pass podcast, but he's actually joked that it's like a podcast slogan now. Is fatigue is e way easier to implement than it is to consistently beat, right? So uh, when fatigue gets too good, people start having a bad time playing the game, <laughs> and it's like it's not even that fun to play either. I think is is the other thing is yeah, I, I, I just don't have that much fatigue... to play. Problem like Icelander's not a fatigue deck. Icelander's no. a tempo deck. No, it just gets to take two turns in a row and it beats you. Yeah, and that's that's fair. But I, yeah, it's not a fatigue deck. I guess like, uh, what's a better way to put it? Like the uh, the long game deck or whatever. Because it's it's also it's not that hard to to pitch stack like Icelander combo either, right? It's ice eternal and like an ice card and some blues. Uh, and then you what? They're all blues. Everything you're pitching is blues. Yeah, it's, it's, exactly. It's the ice thing. You yeah. Know? And then I think, you know, as long as you like set up your energy potions and previous to the ban, it was, you know, amulet of ice or whatever. Um, mm -hmm. As long as you had your setup, it was extremely easy to just tempo your opponent. And then when you get to the long game, if you go there and you have Frost Texas set up, it's very easy to just make like a 25 damage combo or whatever. So... <laughs> Uh, so cool. Yeah, which like it's, um, it's, which like that is I think that's a lot cooler than than OTK Viscerai though honestly. <laughs> so. uh, yeah, it does take it does take a different. I mean, why though? I mean, I guess because you're playing on the opponent's turn. 
I mean, you have to have tempo to get there. You can't just turn because I think the problem with with OTK Viz is that you just get to turtle. Like you truly yeah, get to just yeah, turtle. Yeah, exactly, exactly. One card, and then you're just like you're fine. Yeah. You're like, oh, I'll play Rune Blood Incantation and just allow this to keep making me Rune Chance. Yep. yep. Um. It, yeah. Or 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 even just people who would use their like their and I guess I guess that's the thing is like it's like a little bit harder to set up because you need all these setup pieces that aren't like necessarily good in the rest of your deck and this this is what i was trying to say so you you need all these other pieces that aren't really that good right so frost hex is not a good card out of context right in a vacuum it's not a good card it's a blue block three so it's fine um and it's an ice card so it's like relevant but like not like powerful if you just have one frost hex it's not that powerful so you have to set up three frost hexes which aren't great cards you have to pl- pl- you know play our epots ideally uh, previously to this, you had to hang on to your amulet of ice or, or your insidious chill or whatever. Um, and then you have to pitch stack, uh, ice eternal and an ice card in the blues, which isn't hard, but that's a lot of moving pieces in viscerai. You would just like turtle play a read the runes, make three rune chance and, you know, pass. <laughs> and that was, and you could just, you could, you could just do that. P- people would be doing things like, um, they would do things like uh, uh, play, become the Arknight, discard something, and go get a read the runes, and then you make four four rune chants, and then you pass. And it's it's just like it's it's things that like they're not hard to think about, and it doesn't take as much like maneuvering. And then eventually yeah. you're like, oh cool, I have like thirty rune chants. Now I'm gonna you know play Sonata or cr- crack Skeleta and play Sonata for X equals a billion. And uh, but doesn't that deck that deck just get fucking wrecked by Fi? Well, maybe, but I I don't know. I guess that's like I guess that's what I'm saying. Is but yeah, but against five, you don't you don't one... play the OTK plan versus five though. You play that like the tempo oh, aggro plan. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you so you can just but then you still brick. I think it's see then then we're back to the position where it's like if five were that good of an aggro or excuse me if Viz were that good of an aggro deck, it would have done better at the calling. Yeah, it's sure. not that good sure, of an sure. aggro deck. So if it if it's a decent aggro deck into the aggro decks. And has a really good plan into the ice decks. Mm-hmm. That to me sounds like a remedy to this problem. It sounds like a yeah. we go back to the rock paper scissors. That's where fair. Where Viz beats ice, ice beats aggro, aggro beats Viz. And they they uh, yeah. they I guess that like I guess they banned Skeleta before Phi was printed. So uh, we're we weren't seeing no six yeah. combat chain long art of war turns with a mask <laughs> at the end. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> Viz cannot hold up to that. And I know that because I played against a Viz in the in a PQ in my first round and it, I was uh I wasn't even on fire, I was yeah. on Reinar and I just ate him alive because <laughs> I just had turns that were huge. Yeah, yeah. And he didn't know what to do with a 20 damage turn. It was like, oh yeah, I had only blocks for you know, I need to keep a card to get rune chance. Yeah, that's true. I I mean, I don't know. This is all this is all speculative, but I think the the point is that is looking at the ban list and being like, you know, taking bullet away. Okay, cool. Maybe give him gas somewhere else. Yeah. You know, like sure. You know, maybe like plunder run. I know. <laughs> Unban- <laughs> hashtag unbanned every plunder time run. of the game. <laughs> I just want, dude. I, I love that card so much, and I know I can still play it in Blitz. I just want like a plunder run oh, T-shirt man. or something. But, like I, dude, I... plunder run all. No way. If I was Plunder Run, though, would be nasty. Oh, it's <laughs> oh a dream. my god. Just a Phoenix Flame okay, coming just, in for one to draw a card? <laughs> literally, if they just gave me blue Plunder Run, 
<laughs> fucking totally okay they with only it. Only unban the blue. Like, but that'd be so good. Only unban the blue. You play blue plunder run and turn on the yellow. Unban the yellow. <laughs> make it yellow because they they seem to think in Fab that if a card's good, you make it yellow. It makes it worse. I don't I don't know why they think that's true. I, I don't know. I think if a that's yellow true, Art of War is better than uh, a red Art of War. All the power cards are Art of War. Um, well, yeah, but like I wonder if that's uh, fellows. I'm a find all. A lot of these. Yeah, really that's good a good point. That's a good point. Justics. A lot of the yellow. a lot of the draw two like power cards. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess it gives it more versatility. They're trying to give it more, you know, to hedge it. But it's like the card is so powerful. Well, like, I wonder if they if Art of War was red, people would still run it. It's yeah. Like it's not like oh oh I lose a resource. Art of War is a bad card now. No, yeah. that does not happen. Well, I wonder. I wonder if they uh, and we we've, we've kind of gone off on a tangent. Uh, thank, <laughs> thanks to you saying unbanned Skeleta. Just kidding. That is an interesting take, though. But yeah, I think like now that I think about it, I wonder if they like have a template like. So think think about this, right? Like they're they're in a set and they're like, okay, we want to put like three draw two cards in the set because they're all like yellow one cost draw twos, and they all either and they all have like a downside of some sort, right? Like Art of War like doesn't block, but it like and you have to banish a card. Blood Rush, you have to Blood discard a card. card. Tome doesn't yeah. have go again stuff like that. So. Anyway. Something you have to play around. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's kind of interesting now that you point that out. Um, and they are they are yellows, so they're not as good for resources or whatever. But anyway, um, okay. So okay, so we talked about the top eight. Uh, uh, just uh, how long have we been recording here? Been recording for <laughs> edit this out, editor Tim. Uh, blah, 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 blah. we've been recording for like thirty nine minutes. Okay, that's fine. Um, so oh, let me sorry, let me pull that back up. Okay, so we talked about day one. Talked about the the conversion rate talked about the top eights uh talked about the crazy briar and went on a tangent about fatiguing people and bringing back skeleta um so what's your hot take on uh that can be that can be our segment hot take time with tim and jacob <laughs> anyway uh <laughs> all i am is hot takes yeah all yeah all i got is hot takes baby uh <laughs> so what's your take on the metagame going forward so uh, if you were to um, if you were to make a prediction on you know what people do to combat Oldham and Icelander, um, and I guess Briar to a lesser extent, what's the next play? Dude, I don't know. I mean, that's literally we open this us talking about like what I've done this week. That's been my week. Is like I'm an aggro player. I I. I want to play aggro and I, I want to figure out a way to get over these ice hag. I, mm-hmm. I, and like, I'm not quite sure what it is. I, I hate to say that. I think Briar is kind of the best tool we have just because CMH allows you to have just over the top turns. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I mean, I'm, I'm an aggro player. So I stay looking at the aggro side of things. That's just where my mind is. Honestly, I I think the best thing to do here is is uh, if you can't beat them, join them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If you want to play one of the best decks, play one of the best decks. Play Icelander and Ultim. They take a lot of time to learn. So, I mean, it's not even a bad thing if you if you put your time into those decks, they will reward you. Yeah. If you put your time in, and it's but it's a combination, right? Getting good at these decks is also getting better at this game. Because, yeah. like I said, you're you're presented with more decision points over the course of the game. Yeah, love to try out Dash. I wonder if Dash has, you know, the gas, um, pun intended, to go 
of these ice decks, but I mean, based on the calling, no one could find that list. Well, I, that's um, like that's something we actually didn't talk about. Is like, like people were kind of high on Dash going into its calling. Like it was all over social media. I think Matt Rogers was on Dash. Um, uh, he, he, you know, he Matt Rogers crushed on it. It was a fun to watch his match. Yeah, exactly. And so, like, and and I'm wondering if there's something about like about their pistol plan or their like aggro plan you know how they have that kind of like modular sideboard um i'm wondering if there's something about that that somebody like or that the, the, the people kind of collectively changed or that they didn't quite get right for this weekend because dash is pretty good into icelander and especially now that hypothermia's gone dash won quite a lot from hypothermia getting banned but um you know, and in theory, Dash is pretty good in Oldham too, especially Fatigue Oldham, because you can just set up the pistol plan, right? Like, right. you just you just block and pitch your blues and set up your pistols and play your items, right? And then you, you're you eventually just coming in 5-5-5. Five, five, five. Um, so, maybe was it just getting eaten by other aggro decks? Did it not have a good enough plan? It, shouldn't, it shouldn't be just getting eaten by other aggro decks. Like, yeah. I'd expect it to at least have a better, be better a conversion rate. Yeah, it should be have a way better conversion rate. I, I'm really curious about that one, honestly. Yeah. It's maybe a deck that I mean, do you play Dash? Uh, I I've dabbled. I've dabbled in Dash before. No. I think. I mean, where do you you end up on this spectrum after this? Like, are you gonna go? Because I know you you kind of float around and you know yeah. try to just feel out what's going on. But like, where do you see yourself ending up? Like, are we staying on Reinar? I know that's <laughs> kind of been our thing as a podcast, well, and I, I mean, I still love that deck, and if. If ice becomes more represented, I like my green boy even more. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the ice, the ice center matchup's hard, but I'm okay to try to just spend time figuring out that one matchup and feeling good about the rest of my matchups. I still have no idea you know? why people keep telling me that ice lighter is so hard. But uh, like, I, 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 just, I have a, <laughs> me personally, I have a very good record in ice center on Reinar. I don't know, and like that's the thing is like I, I'm not even like the most like winningest Reinar player in our like portland community like nathan won three pro quests on reinar but he's he 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 has always been like nope icelander matchup sucks and i'm like i don't know what we're doing differently like it could just be that like he doesn't run club or something but um i so yeah i think if ultimate icelander end up being the most popular decks like if i were to go to a calling tomorrow and i and i thought that people were going to stay on icelander and ultim um or or that if uh, if i thought rather that icelander oldham's stock was going to rise and that there were going to be more than there were even at the indie calling um and i had a decent plan into the aggro decks i'd feel comfortable playing reinar i think reinar is very good into icelander i think reinar is um um i think there are things you can do if you know oldham is on fatigue um to to Eat that so you can play you know all through alpha rampages you can if you, if you feel like you need to you can play things like yellow reincarnate and stuff like that um but i think i think you usually beat that matchup anyway because you can just set up a big you know barrage and beat down alpha rampage turn um so i think reiner is a really good pick into those top two decks icelander and ultim um but it does struggle with briar and it struggles with I, I feel like I have a better win rate into Briar than I do into Fi, but um, yeah, yeah. I mean it, it's hard. It's they're both they're both hard matchups. So if those decks remain present along with the other two, then I think it'd be risky to bring Reiner, but also understandable. 
Because you can high roll aggro if you build your deck that way. You can try to do like the mid-range like trade damage plan, but that's also just very dicey. Um so yeah, I think I think Reiner's a fine choice, but I would honestly like I don't see Icelander getting much worse uh, for for next week. I think playing Icelander is a good call. Um, I'm also, I I think Dash is just too like mid into everything. So like she's fine into everything, but she doesn't have like a really good matchup in anything except for maybe Icelander. But like I don't think that matchup was ever as lopsided as people said it was. Um, unless both players are very, very good or whatever. Um, well, that's a very good point. I actually don't see any dash matchups as being like, oh, like free wins. Yeah. And all the other decks we've named, they do have free wins. And that's funny too, because we're talking about Reinar. No free wins for Reinar either. Like, I, I can't think mm -hmm. of, I mean, yeah, I can't think of a single deck where it's like, I sit down and I go, oh, this is a free win yep. right now. I feel, um, so when, I, when I'm, I'm on Reinar, I feel like, not I, and I would never say free win because I'm not yeah. that good at this game. But I would say I would say that I feel very confident going into uh, going into ultimate Icelander on Reinar, and so that's why like and we talked about this extensively, right? Like that's why the last PQ season I took Reinar, and then when I didn't face those decks, I had a bad time. <laughs> so um, yeah, I um, I I think that like I'm surprised Fi didn't actually have more of a showing in this meta because. It, I don't think that. I, I guess losing Belittle made it worse against Icelander, but I don't think that matchup was like terrific anyway. Um, but I think if you're running like a heavy Phoenix Flame package, I think it's very good against Fatigue Ultim. So I'm surprised that Fi didn't do better. Um, so to, to answer your question, how do we react to this meta? I think that like a lot of people are going to jump on Ultim and Icelander, as, as you do for the next big tournament, whether it's a Battle Hardened or a Calling or whatever. Um, and I think that we're going to see, um, I don't know, what we're, I don't know, man, like, like, like I said, like, I think Reinar would be a good but risky pick if you can dodge, you know, a little bit of aggro and, and just get these top two decks, that'd be great. Um, I, I think too, that, um, Oldham would be, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I just don't know. <laughs> I mean, is it time that people start really trying to brew a list that targets Bullander? I think that's the hard part about it is because, again, we're talking about a deck that is predominantly played by some of the strongest players. Yeah, that's true. Understand the game really well. So what, I mean, what deck really targets uh, the value deck? I'm not a smart enough player to know the answer to this. I'm, I'm, I'm genuinely, like, asking listeners yep. and you... You know what? What is what is something that combats Icelander wholeheartedly that you're willing to build to lose other matchups to win that matchup? Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I I just I don't know what the answer yeah, is. I don't know. I, I think what, if I would you just need wanted a good to, Icelander planner to come on here and, and tell us. If you just wanted to clobber Icelander every time, I think you could build Reinar to do it. But if you do it to clobber Icelander every time, you do give up some percentage in other matchups. Um, you yeah. could. Um, I mean, you could build. I think that the um, aggressive Oldham, like I'm talking, like Pummely, like you know, uh, uh, what's it called? Winter's Bite, Pummel. Like uh, maybe you still have Oaken Oldham there. Um, you know, uh, uh, Spinal Crush, uh, Red Glacial Footsteps, that kind of thing. I think that deck has much more game into Icelander than the Eagle Oldham does. 
But again, you're losing points into other decks. So I don't know how, but I, I think that like now that I'm saying this, I don't think you're losing as many points as you would believe, uh, you know, being Teague. Uh, I think you could even run, like I think in some matchups, you could run Blood of Anvilheim or, or Winter's Whale, or not Winter's Whale, um, Anathos. Um, so I, I'd say like hot takes. I'd say Oldham, Reinar, and a rebuilt Fi deck would... And I mean, maybe even like, maybe if people calm down on the aggro, maybe Dramai is just the next best best deck because you could build Dramai to be good into Guardian. You can build Dramai to be good into Tyson. I mean, Dramai is already and very... You just, and you just lose your aggro matchups. Yeah. See, and that's the, that's the part that's so hard about this. And that's, that's what the game's really ex- experiencing is like, build that deck, go into Swiss, yeah. you lose to the abundance of mid players playing aggro because it's easier. Mm-hmm. And you don't, you make it through day two, and you know, yeah, or you don't, right? You play you play only the grindy decks, and you beat them as draw yep. line. And then you go into day two, and you have the the best day two of all time. Yeah, um, and I th- that's that's not going to happen. I think players are going to default to playing aggro decks. Mm-hmm. You have to have game into them. The top decks are not going to be aggro. It's it's such an interesting problem because I I don't want to play a game. I don't want to be involved as much in a game that's like play these two decks or just fucking lose yeah well and and i think that this game really i don't know this this game's always had a good rock paper scissors mm-hmm. and it were the data is showing that we are not in rock paper scissors mm-hmm. and lss is trying to do something about it and i don't know yeah the answer is so um, i think and this is maybe a medium hot take the warm take i guess uh i think that lss did fine job with the bands and i think that what people did was just assume that the deck that didn't lose anything was the best deck and when people sniffed that out i think offline you know in testing groups and you know in you know private discord servers and stuff i think people came to the conclusion well like everybody's on briar you know what beats briar (laughs) good old ice decks and well, you know, I, think I think if you give thing, it another week or two, I think that we'll see the meta settle out a little bit. Yeah, I, that's what I was going to say. Is, is like the biggest hot take here is that we're highly overanalyzing a one week meta. Yeah, exa- exactly. <laughs> exactly. We're sitting here and we're having a conversation about a meta that's been alive for one week. And people had less than that amount of time to decide what they're going to do. Yep. So it it kind of makes sense that the top decks are going to be the decks that pushed out very little. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. the olden decks, they got rid of just enough ice added just enough threes to run Titan's Fist, called it a day, yeah. and went on with their life. We saw Michael just drop the, yeah. the six cards he had to, pop in six really good replacements, and just go about his day. Um, and those are quick fixes. Those aren't long-term optimized decks. Yeah. So I think, yeah, I think it's just time to brew and get in the kitchen and yeah. um, maybe find something... Uh, you know, I'm speaking to you as a team member. Maybe it's time for us to really put our nose to the grindstone oh, yeah. and figure this out. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, I don't just want to play Icelander. I, I I want our teammates to play the best Icelanders they possibly can, and I and I want them to be good at the yeah. game. But it's just so I cannot play it and beat it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, and I mean, this is like I, I mean, this is a really good and like we should we should wrap this up uh, here. So yeah. I'll like the final note that I'll put in, and I'll give you give you the floor again. Uh, final that I'll put in is that that's a very important part of of you know um, getting good data, right? So so if you are testing with some folks, um, 
Yeah, let's let's assume that like we're not just jamming games on Kalshar, which is part which can be part of testing, and I think you'll get good results over a certain amount of time um, with enough data uh, in your bucket. But if you're testing with a team, I think it's really important to not necessarily have specialists, but like for myself, like I feel like I could make informed statements about you know about Reinar. I can make informed statements about Prism RIP. I can make informed statements about Bravo and Oldham, um, you know, that kind of thing. So know what, you know, know what you're good at and then find people who are good at other stuff. So like, I know, like Jacob, like I would go to you with a Phi question or a Briar question or, um, you know, uh, even a, an aggro Reiner question. Turns out you're an expert at that. <laughs> Just aggro anything. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's my but no, I, yeah, if I had a question about aggro and like, or how to build it or how to beat something, which is like, I'm going to be turning to you and say, hey, look, like, I think Phi is going to be a great deck. Or, or it could be a great deck into fatigue and into these ice decks. How do we build it? And and then you you know play games. And um, I think that that's what people need to do is like okay, like let's play some games. Let's play to our outs. Let's figure out what we need to do to beat these top two decks, and then figure out the rest of the meta. Because I think that these top two decks are very beatable. Whether or not you can come up with a deck that's good against the rest of the meta. I think I think it's to approach it top down. Start with these two decks, try to find a way to beat them, and then mm-hmm. figure out your aggro matchup. And if you can get your aggro matchup to a 50-50, and you can get these matchups to a winning percentage, I think you have a good deck on your hands. Yeah. Um, good luck to all the teams out there brewing and making it happen. Yeah. Um, also, uh, Michael Hamilton, calm down. You just... <laughs> How many do you need to buy? Do you need to install another shelf for your trophies? Like, come on. <laughs> I'll take, I'll do this as a hot take too. Cause everyone, everyone's like, Oh, Michael Hamilton should, you know, quit playing the game. And he, LSS should, should like hire him to be a designer. One, they aren't going to pay him what he's made playing the game. Well, they're going to pay him a hundred more than hundred. Maybe, maybe. I mean, taxes are better on a, on a W two. Anyway, sorry, go ahead. That was a dad <laughs> moment for you there. But, <laughs> But the bigger part of it is, as a person who loves game design, I hate to break it to our audience here, I don't think Michael Hamilton make good cards. That boy Ooh. likes to look at math. Dude, he likes to look at fab as value math. And the most fun cards in this game, break that math. That's the point. That's where this game's fun is, oh, everything's mm-hmm. three. You come in a break point of four, I got value. And then you get one or two turns where it's above value. And that's how you should be winning yeah. this game. Well, and that's... So I just... I just don't see. I just see Michael Hamilton turning out more, turning out more slightly above rate cards, and it's like I don't really care. Yeah, these <laughs> I mean, I you know, and I I don't think I. <laughs> it's a damn. hot take. You want that, a hot take? That is a hot take. Uh, so I <laughs> I would say that like I think that uh I think that like if you because that, that's his claim to fame, right? Is like value, like value on cards, like. And 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 quantifying things like like intimidate triggers and stuff. So like he's I think he's, he's, his math is not great when it comes to Dromai. His math's not great when it right. comes to Bolton or Dory. Well, these decks that go around the map. So at on on a level one, agreed. But then on a level two, that's what makes those decks interesting, though, right? And that's why those yeah. decks are harder. Is like yes, okay. So like Kyloria is like a one for four draw card, or you know, just on its most basic level. Um, but is that, or, and it's, it's, you have to spend two cards and one resource, right? So, uh, so, or, so yeah, one card to pitch, one card to play. So that Kyler is a, a two card, you know, you two, two points per card, maybe draw an extra card. 
uh, with, 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 yeah, with go, with go again. Um, so the question you have to ask then is like, okay, well, like, do I get, uh, do I go to attack again? Do I, if you attack twice with Kyloria, then all of a sudden you're getting four points per card, which is above rate. And then if you go to attack a third time, it's just insane, right? And then your opponent, or if you get to attack once and, he, and your opponent attacks for four to kill it, that's yeah, four yeah. life that you gain exactly. off the card. It's like the math starts getting yeah. crazy. Well, and I think, I think that's value. what separates Michael Hamilton from other players is. He has the system, right, where he's like, look, I have this very Boiled basic it. way of evaluating cards. And so you can look at something like Scar for Scar and like evaluate it very, very succinctly. Um, but what makes him so good is that he's he's able to see that and he's better at estimating um ambiguous value than the rest of us, right? So uh so in his macro plays just beautiful yeah it's the way he's able to figure out a matchup yeah. as he's playing is the high level play yeah. and it's uh that, yeah. that's he's the, not winning in deck building he's winning he's winning these matches in the game oh yeah no a hundred percent and like that I, I think that that's like uh we were going to talk about this and then we we didn't but like um if, if you're if you're watching this all the way to the end thank you uh first of all <laughs> uh, uh fo follow us on on twitter and stuff enlighten underscore mike at g williker i'll put it on the screen while i'm editing um, but but go watch that coverage of Michael Hamilton in in the last round in the finals. Um, he plays that match just like so perfectly. And afterwards in the interview, he said that he played Oldham in the Swiss, like a same fatigue Oldham deck. He played it in the Swiss and he lost because he pitch stacked his Frost Hexes and then and played out his Insidious Chills and then was going to play his Frost Hexes, but then. It didn't work out for one reason or the other. He explains it a little bit more. Um, and so he thought, okay, well, like, I'm going into this matchup again, so I need to do this the other way around. I'm going to set up my Frost Hexes early before he can get his, like, Warhorn out, his value. And I'm going to play my... I'm going to pitch stack my Insidious Chills. And, um, and yeah, and he was able to set up this Frost Hex combo and win. And it's like, it's... It, it, you can If you can adapt your game plan that quickly and understand the mechanics and the overall strategy of the game that quickly, along with this like basic like value system, then I mean, then you're, you know, you're Michael Hamilton. You're the best player in the game. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Undisputably, in fact, I would say. Yeah. Um, okay, well, thank you so much, Jacob, for for recording. I'm glad we were able to, to get together today. I could, as always, talk to you for hours. Uh, to everybody out there uh, listening to us, I really, really appreciate you. Thank you so much. Uh, we, um, you know, just a, a team of, of dudes who want to share our, our hot takes and occasionally our good advice with you. And uh, we really, really appreciate you. Go check out our giveaway, and uh, we'll see you next week. Hi, everybody.